Welcome, cadets and captains, to another spanking new episode of M Class Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the sound effect I'm gonna put in. Definitely. Yeah, you'll definitely go to a sound effects bank and replace your voice with an actual sound effect. <laughs> I see it happening. They don't let me into those banks anymore. Only the blood bank. Oh, no. Not even. <laughs> Do they l- at least let you into the sperm bank? That's the first one I got kicked out of. Well, what do you go for lunch anymore? <laughs> 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 That's... You know what? We're ready. Let's do the show. This is yeah. Let's go ahead and start recording. <laughs> this is a Star Trek podcast, believe it or not, and uh, we sit down with a piece of Star Trek media and we pick it apart, give you a review at the end of the episode, and just uh, mostly just show our ass the whole episode. Yeah, just hanging ass the whole time. I'm Jeff. I'm Josh. And right now we are smack dab in the middle of our user submitted uh, collection, which is Squid Ludwig's. Uh, Malfunction Junction Collection. All about transporter accidents. Yeah. And they this always, is the worst one of all. They, <laughs> we should have just watched Bem again, dude. Yeah, you're right. Bem would have made this episode so much better. Yeah, where's Bem? Like, throughout all of Starfleet history, when Bem is not on screen, people should be asking, where is Bem? Yeah, where's Bem? <laughs> This time like, around, we're doing um, Season 2, Episode 24 of Voyager, uh, The Much Maligned Tuvix. Yeah, we're really excited, as you can tell, about Tuvix. I literally tweeted on the M-Class uh, Twitter, I don't want to watch Tuvix. <laughs> I, uh, I watched it earlier in the day, so that if I died in my sleep, Tuvix wouldn't be the last <laughs> thing that I saw with my eyes. <laughs> Tuvix is your sleep paralysis demon. <laughs> he's the he's the hat man. He shows up. Um, this this episode was directed by Cliff Bowl, who we've talked about before. The Bolians were named for him, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it was a story by Andrew Shepard Price and Mark Gaberman. Yeah, those guys. I don't know them. They were um, partners. They never wrote anything without one another. Uh, they mm-hmm. wrote uh, five episodes of Voyager. Uh, Tuvix, Warlord, Retrospect, Collective, and Renaissance Man. Is Renaissance Man when the Doctor becomes, like, obsessed with dumb shit? (laughs) The Doctor must become a master of disguise to save Captain Janeway, is the blurb. Is that the one with the, the... Spy guys? Those little bald dudes? I forget their name. Jesus. The Doctor? <laughs> little bald dudes? Robert Picardo? No. Uh, no. Price and Gaberman also research and write for the popular TV game show Jeopardy. Wow. That's more That's more interesting than the thing we're talking about. <laughs> and the teleplay was uh, written by Kenneth Biller. And I'm always wary when there's a teleplay that's written by a different person than the story writer. Smart. Uh, yeah. Because that means the story was not quite up to par. Yeah, and it didn't get saved, for sure. Not this time. Sorry. No, I, I'm of... <laughs> I'm of two minds about this. I'm of two Vix minds about this episode. <laughs> part of you is logical and says that this episode sucks. And part of me is emotional and says this episode sucks a donkey dick. No, um, 
<clears throat> the the thing is, this episode posits a genuinely hard yes. moral quandary. But it does only happen in the last ten minutes of the episode. And it doesn't, in my opinion, do it right. No. It, there's no choice to be made, in my opinion, in this circumstance. No, Unless you change certain story aspects, which we will talk about later. Yeah, also, we're not... Like, we don't have time to get to know Tuvix on any level that makes exactly. us care for him as his own character. Exactly. As a matter of fact, there are scenes that look like they had dialogue at one point, but they're now in some sort of fucking... Um, montage? Like, montage with a yeah. voiceover. Yeah, because Captain Janeway is like, I'm going to do my diary now, yeah. Uh, I wrote notes for this episode, but they did end up being nothing but insults uh, against Tuvix as a person. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I, I got, it would probably help if he didn't look like the in-between shot of a grotesque horror monster transformation. Yeah, he looks like a Michael Jackson when he's turning into the wolf. Uh, my man took a swan dive face first into the uncanny valley. <laughs> Uh, good. He's the most horrifying monster design in the history of the Star Trek franchise. <laughs> My guy looks like a bald man who just forgot to comb over this morning, <laughs> who also happens to be one of the Coneheads. <laughs> uh, they had to keep children off set when he was around for two reasons. <laughs> That's the extent of my notes this for this is, episode. This is a sick roast we're doing of, of Rick Berman and Tuvix. Uh, I I was gonna write real notes and they just didn't happen. I apologize. I watched it early. I didn't have. I didn't feel the need for notes because honestly, no notes. No notes. <laughs> no Perfect. Notes. Perfect episode. Ten out of ten. Uh, this episode aired. May 6th, 1996. Good day. A, good year. A day that'll live in infamy. <laughs> uh, again, I don't think this episode is as bad as some as people sometimes make it out to be. I think yeah. it is a great concept, poorly executed. Agreed. It's Yeah, th it's not as bad as I remembered it being. Uh, Tuvix, though, uh, is, un at the end especially, is a really annoying piece of shit. Yeah. Well, the thing about Tuvix, like I said, we don't get enough time to develop, to, like, develop an affinity for his character. Like, the only scene that we get where he's genuinely likable is when he's trying to get to know Kess, and he's, like, yeah. in the kitchen, and he sends all the, um, Starfleet guys out of the kitchen. Yeah, that's the only part when you're like, oh, that's kind of cool. The, Other than that, you're like, yeah. I don't care. When Tuvix, <laughs> when Tuvix first shows up, there are shots, lingering shots of him that are, like, nefarious. Yeah. Like, he seems like he's going to be a villain. And uh, that's one of the big problems of this episode is the soundtrack is all over the fucking place. Yeah, it's ominous and weird. Like, why, and... why are they playing ominous music when Tuvix is, like, supposed to be looking sad? Yeah. And, yeah. and they didn't do him any favors. Like, there's a scene at the very end of the episode, like, um, in a normal Star Trek series, after Janeway had to make the harsh decision yeah. of ending Tuvix's life in order to bring Tuvok and Neelix back. Uh, if there was some way we could have also killed Neelix, that would have been cool. <laughs> but 
she made this hard decision, and in a normal Star Trek episode, there would be a scene where she's in her ready room or her office or something. And somebody would come and in. And someone yeah. comes in, and they, like, maybe Tuvok. I don't yeah. know. Or maybe Neelix, even. And they have a conversation about the morality of right. what happened, and we feel the pain in what Janeway did. Instead, they, yeah. Janeway walks into the hallway and looks sad while ominous music plays. And yeah. then even more ominous music kicks in when she looks up and she has like a look on her face like, no, I ha- did what I had to do and walks yeah. off. And they're playing like ominous like killer music over top of her when she does this. And I think she be- did just murder, but that's not fitting. <laughs> That would be fine too, like if if they were consistent with Janeway's sort of like descent into this like command mom, you know what I mean? Like, sure. Like she has to make these decisions because she needs to get them home. It's very it's very dire, right? And they but they don't really do that with her throughout. Like at one point she dates like a Irish hologram and it's silly. <laughs> Like, who cares about that? You know what I mean? Like, I, I love know. when Cass is like, what do you do when you think that you won't get back to your loved ones or whatever? And she starts talking about Mark. And I was like, who the fuck is that? And I was yeah, like, oh, they, yeah, she's married. She's engaged, I think, right? I don't think she's married yeah, yet. I think, but she's, yeah. I think she's engaged. And they have multiple dogs. Yeah, and it's like, like I was Mark like, well, never well, comes up again. No, I was like, what you do is mostly make googly eyes at Chakotay and make out <laughs> once in a blue moon. Like, dude, Chakotay just sits fucking like AC Slater style in, in her room and is like, "Hey, babe, what's going on?" Hey, Chica. Hey, Chica. The uh, oh, I actually forgot he was Hispanic. Uh, sorry, he is. The, no, uh, no, but you were talking about Slater. I know. I was talking right. about yeah. Slater, yeah. Uh, who's also Hispanic. <laughs> Whoopsie, <laughs> fucked it up. Um, <laughs> I'll look forward to the tweets. He um, says Chica, doesn't he call people Chica? He does. He, yeah. he calls. I was gonna do another joke where Janeway acts like Jesse Spano and is like, whatever, pig. <laughs> you chauvinist pig. Jesse Spano. Um, the. The whole problem with the episode, besides the music, is, again, we don't learn of Tuvix. Tuvix is a creep. We learn that really quickly. Yeah. Where he's, like, stalking Kess for a minute, and then he tells her straight up that he loves her right out the gate. He's been alive for three hours. (laughs) He tells her he loves her. (laughs) But that's the thing. Like, he's not really his own guy. Like, he... This all this shit about him being like his own life form is bullshit. He's not. Well, that's the thing is like we don't see him as his own person. We only know of him through the lens. Yeah, of, this is the part of him that acts like Tuvok. This is the part of him that acts like Neelix. Yeah, he doesn't have his own experiences, and like you said, like the experiences that we should be getting through the storytelling are just a montage at one point. Yeah, and it, and it's him like doing paperwork. <laughs> Like, he, oh, he talks wow. to a guy in the hallway. Yeah, yeah he's talking to like L- Lieutenant Agmar or whatever the fuck his <laughs> name is. I don't know. It's conf- it's confusing choices, right? Like, what if you're gonna do a montage as well? It shouldn't be like th- uh, two scenes, three scenes yeah. in a montage. Like, and there wasn't any singing describing what they were doing. <laughs> Really, what should have happened is this should have been a two-parter. 
Yeah. And the first part is the birth of Tuvix. And I know I'm asking for more Tuvix here, and that might be a problem for a lot of people, including that's, me in a few minutes when I think about this. That's the worst thing you've ever said. <laughs> but the first part is like the birth and uh, realization of Tuvix as his own character, where he starts to, like, the moral quandary is put up right up front. Like, it's we do have the ability to separate them, but we need to perfect it. Yeah. So that's sort of hanging over Tuvix's head the whole time. Yeah. And partway through the episode, he starts developing his own personality that has nothing to do with Neelix or Tuvok. Yeah, like and maybe he like, doesn't wow, fall that's in... not something either of them would have done. Yeah, maybe he doesn't fall in love with Cass again. Maybe he falls in love with somebody else, right? Yeah. Like or or anything maybe who knows maybe he's friends with tom he really likes tom paris right which it, is like weird you who know? would like him yeah <laughs> well, it's like he he comes into his own as a character by the end of the episode and then the cliffhanger of the episode is captain we've perfected the ability to separate them yeah and now we're ready to go and he's like i refuse yeah, like which I, he does. I, I firmly refuse. I'm my own being, and maybe this is like grounds for a trial episode. Yeah, where he represents himself as his own sentient being. What I would have done is the same lines as you. Is I would have made the flower that is that because he's like plant. He's part plant, right? Yeah. Because when the accident happens, I would have made them find out that the flower itself is sentient. Oh, yeah, and that, that would have been and, good. And that way the Prime Directive kicks in, because then you can't separate it from uh, what happened. You know, like, that's how it reproduces. It just latches on other things, right? Yeah. Like, you can't separate it, so you need the Prime Directive. And, and that would make it a quandary for the captain like, to have to... Yeah, but other than that, like, yeah. the math doesn't support having Tuvix on as as Tuvix. Like no, it strategically also, like the emotions yeah. don't support yeah. it either because we don't know this guy and neither does anyone else. He's been here for 3 weeks. Yeah, you say. just got here, dog. Like what are you fucking you, know, like, you yeah. don't need two episodes even, I think. You just cut out half of the fucking Tuvix trying to woo Kess shit. Yeah. And you do more to develop Tuvix as a character. They needed a Kess episode. Because, like, stri- well, let's not get crazy. Um, <laughs> not like Kess. <laughs> <laughs> Look it up. Look up the actress. Um, <laughs> I don't even know her name. The, Maureen? Uh, Maureen McCormick? <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's her. Joni? <laughs> yeah, it's Joni and Chachki. <laughs> the, the problem with Tuvix is we don't get to know him. And yeah. we need more time with the character to get to know him. And I think... Like, if Kess would have been swayed over to keeping Tuvix, which, again, would have taken much longer than three weeks, you would have had an actual moral quandary on your hands. Yeah. One that yeah. involves multiple characters. Because the way the episode ends, everyone stands around while Janeway makes the tough decision and no one stands up for Tuvix at all. Yeah. Which, yeah. Um, one, paints the entire crew as incredibly callous. Um, yeah. They feel bad about it, but none of them says a goddamn word about it. It's weird how it makes Tuva- Tuvix look. It it makes him look like a crybaby. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, they are gonna kill him. But I get what you're where you're coming from. Not, like he, yeah. A different in a different version of the script, he would have stood up for himself, like morally and openly, and like opened the like discussion about it. There right. is no discussion. No. Like there's there's supposed to be a discussion between Tuvix and Janeway in her ready room when he brings she brings him in there but it's just her being like I'm going to kill you and here's why and him being like no I don't want you to do that yeah and then he slowly gets more like frantic about it yeah and and Jamie makes like a really good point she's like if if there is a part of Tuvok in you he would have given his life up to save anybody yeah and the same with Neelix and she, she says, says, I think that about Neelix, but I can't help but think that this part of him is Neelix. Neelix doesn't want to die, and he's like, a, he's whiny about it. That's probably true. <laughs> he's like, also, I don't want to die. Also, I like, think it's important to remind our audience that Neelix is dating a three-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she's got like a cat's timeline, so that's like what? It's 21? I, I, think she, I think her people live to be like eight. Yeah, it's like eight or nine, which so, fucking sucks, it dude. It sucks dick, and also, like, Neelix doesn't, isn't going to die then. Is he going to go find himself another three-year-old? Yeah, I get... <laughs> oh, no, this is getting dark. Uh, no, don't let him babysit Naomi Wild. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, She's too old for him, don't worry. <laughs> I don't like Neelix, can anyone tell? <laughs> Just picture the gif I'm sending you right now. <laughs> Neelix dancing. Dot gif. Dot gif. I had to um, specifically say it out loud because otherwise the conversation we were having was going dark places. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dude. Fucking, I don't know. This episode, uh, yeah, I guess we'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I guess technically we haven't even gone into like the specifics of the episode. So we'll do our normal walkthrough. <laughs> Although I might skip around a little bit because, for the most part, it's not a whole lot Nothing happens, happens. That, yeah. that is important to the character of Tuvix that <laughs> leads us to the end of the episode. Yeah. Again, that's the problem. <laughs> the Voyager detects a type of flower that they can use as a nutritional supplement, a.k.a. Uh, de- delicious vegetable on a plane. Yeah, I guess they're I guess maybe it's like a superfood, like a potato. A delicious patat. I'm not saying that just cuz I'm Irish. <laughs> Look, potatoes fucking rule. Yeah, if you can't eat potatoes, I'm sorry, but also get with it and eat some fucking potatoes. Crystal did this thing, right, where she like smashed a potato down and she like uh fried it on both sides and then finished it in the oven, so it was like super crispy on the outside and like really soft, like What mashed. the hell do you call that? I've never heard of that. It was like kind of almost like mashed potatoes on the inside cuz it was so soft and well done, but like on the outside it was so crunchy and she put like cheese on top of it. This is like a potato burger. And it was the most delicious shit. I fucking loved it. Um, Damn, she's reinventing the paradigm. (laughs) (laughs) She's changing the paradigm. (laughs) Changing. That's uh, a funnier joke than anyone would blame it to me. (laughs) They they find a local breed of orchid that they're going to take back to the ship. And uh, straight out the gate, 
Uh, your boy Neelix is uh, oh, just God. shitting all over another uh, another culture as hard as he can, and <sighs> laughing about it the whole time. Where he's, the only the he's only like, part you, about you this, no, is, you yeah. have no fucking happiness in your whole society. And this <laughs> is the happiest song I could find. And he's like, "Oh, that's a traditional funeral dirge." And he's like, "I don't give a fuck." <laughs> I don't know. I think the Vulcans would like the Decemberists. That their music's like funeral. That's dirge probably music. true. <laughs> but dude, I thought that was kind of funny. But I, he, Neelix doesn't shut up about like why Tuvok should be fucking smiling. He's like, "The sun is out and it's beautiful." It's really annoying. But again, tu- anytime Neelix yeah. is on screen, right? <laughs> and Tuvox is like really calm about it. If it were me, I'd be like, hey, I'm going to fucking leave you here and bury you in the well, dirt. Tuvok <laughs> is replaying the holodeck scene where he strangles Neelix to death over and over <laughs> in his mind to keep calm. Did he do that yet? I don't know. That's <laughs> my favorite knows. scene. Um <laughs> You replay that scene in your mind holodeck. In my, in my mind's third TNI. <laughs> uh, Chakotay tells Janeway that they're having some trouble with the transporter, but don't worry, Ensign Kim will fix it. Oh, good. What could go wrong? <laughs> Let's have the lowest-ranked guy on the ship fix the biggest problem we have right now. <laughs> I love how their attitude is just like, nothing ever bad happens with the transporter, so whatever. <laughs> no, we don't have a history of shit going wrong or anything. Yeah, and Janeway says later, she's like, there's no record of anything like this happening. And I was like, uh, a little thing called Girk and Burke? I was like, this, did Kirk just not file a report on that shit? It's just, just like, this. I'm not, we're not talking about like, this. Let's keep this under our hat, everybody. <laughs> Nobody needs to know about Burke. But uh, they they use the transporter to bring the flowers back, but there's a transporter malfunction, and only one organism is coming through the pattern. And Kim is like, well, shut it down. And Ensign Ricky is like, oh, it's too late. Well, I can't. What should I do? Turn to page 69 for <laughs> Ensign Ricky. And then the most disgusting creature in the history of Star Trek appears on the pad. <laughs> Ensign Ricky vomits like he was, bleh, bleh. He, he was like it would have been better if they fused to the floor like in Star Trek One. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's got Neelix's shirt texture and his shoulder things, but it's a yeah. Starfleet uniform. Otherwise, how does that work? Which I don't think is how DNA fusing together works, but. It also made the clothing change. Shouldn't the uniform be fused to his flesh? Yeah, I mean, you would think, right? Or he would it would just be part of his DNA sequence now since the flower was inanimate and also whatever. Um Yeah, he doesn't even have a flower in his non-stringy weird hair. God, dude, like the I had forgotten. I told you this before we started recording. My brain had erased portions of what Tuvix looks like to protect my fragile psyche. Yeah, because I, the, yeah, I'd forgotten about the disgusting thin ass wa- wispy hair hanging from the back of his fucking head. Every time he turned, I was like, Ugh. so I have a John Larroquette fun fact. Okay, uh, Tom Wright, who pl- or, uh, yeah, Tom Wright, whose name is Harold Wright, uh, birth name anyway. Uh, he played the Nazi alien from Enterprise when they do that time skip episode. Oh, yeah? 
Yeah, so they both have evil red eyes, and they look scary as shit. <laughs> Is it the same actor? Yeah, same oh, guy. okay. What the he's fuck? From, he's from Englewood, New Jersey, so that's also scary. <laughs> <laughs> Compton, Long Beach, Englewood. <laughs> Englewood. Not Probably Englewood. not the same one. In the no, song. no, not the same one. <laughs> It'd be a, quite a jump on the map from Compton and Long Beach. <laughs> But everybody accident there. <laughs> everybody looks at him with horror and disgust, and then it cuts to a commercial break, probably for Burger King. <laughs> it's the BK Kids Club. And speaking of Burger King commercials, <laughs> uh, we're gonna take a quick commercial break, <laughs> and we'll be right back after these messages. Now I gotta find that commercial. You fucking better. After these messages. We'll be right back. We're the Kids Club Kids. We just want to have fun. The Kids Club Kids to us. BK's number one. The Burger King Kids Club. Very cool to be a kid. Burger King has fun treasures for you. I'm sure I'll bury the treasure around here. It's your favorite Disney characters like Goofy, Darkwing Duck, and Bonkers on cool beach toys. You can collect all five one in every kids meal only at Burger King. Gorge, maybe I grabbed the wrong map. The Burger King Kids Club is a cool place. Welcome back to part two of Two Vicks. You just, I just said that. I don't remember. That's not even I, in the recording, so. I just, I'm going to leave it the fuck in. <laughs> I'm going to leave it the fuck in, man. Uh, don't do that. That ruins <laughs> my funny joke. No, it makes it funnier, I right. think. <laughs> um, but Instant Kim is like, security alert. A freak has appeared. The freaks come out at night. They're here. <laughs> the freaks come out at night. <laughs> and he's, uh, they're like, identify yourself. And he's like, I am Lieutenant Tuvok. And I am Neelix. That's the quote on the Memory Alpha, and that's the most interesting quote they could come up with for Tuvix. Yeah. He doesn't say anything interesting for the rest of the episode. No, he doesn't. In a way, uh, his mixture of Tuvok and Neelix has created the most average, boring man <laughs> that can exist. He, he's like a, like, a, like a businessman who thinks he's clever and charming. Yeah, pretty much. That's, that's kind of how I feel about Except him. Except he does look like Freddy Krueger. So he, he looks like a worse Freddy Krueger, like a scarier Freddy Krueger. Yeah, like maybe if the boiler room fire like got to Tuvix, he would look a little bit better. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, they take they take this fucking freak to the science lab where he belongs, <laughs> and uh, he's like, "Oh, you catch! You seem like you're having a difficult." time with uh, what's happening here and she's like I'm fine I'm fine yeah she's really not enjoying this and I I can't tell if it's because she like loves Neelix and is sad or if she just is trying to hold the vomit in (laughs) (laughs) I went to the vet one time and this like vet tech who I think was like a college student like becoming a vet you know yeah Walks out of this room and just pukes on the floor. Oh my god! And I was like, I wonder what that lady just saw. What is in probably that room? A, probably a Tuvix. Oh my god! Tuvix brought a cat in. <laughs> had nothing to do Mittens with the cat. Doesn't feel good. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cass is asking him questions. She's like, Do you have uh? 
two consciousnesses that are like talking to one another. Yeah. And he's like, no, I have a single consciousness and this will be important later. Sure. And uh, she's like, do you have a name? And he's like, oh, I've got it. Nevok. Which is better than Tuvix. And she looks at him like he just said that his name was going to be Gay Hitler. (laughs) That's a callback to another episode. Which she would definitely know that reference. (laughs) But he's like, oh, how about Tuvix? Uh, And then he winks at the camera and it's like, this is funny. And he, uh, he calls her Sweeting. Which apparently yeah. we're supposed to remember Neelix calls her. Sweet Sweetling, I think it is. Yeah, is it, sweet? it is Sweeting. Sweeting? Sweeting. I think he says Sweetling later, so he mispronounces his own <laughs> his own cute pet name. Uh but they both get uncomfortable after he says it. Uh yeah, because no shit. he's so disgusting. Yeah. Oh, I just pictured him like writhing on top of her. <laughs> My penis went inside. (laughs) My penis is touching the bottom of my lungs now. (laughs) My penis is in my throat. Mm. (laughs) Oh, this isn't so bad. (laughs) But uh, he's like... um, He's still in sickbay a a little while later, and Janeway comes, and he's like, I want to get back to work. And she's like, oh, well, you can head to the, the... Galley and get some work done. You start cooking, bitch. Kitchen rat. <laughs> yeah, you fucking kitchen bitch. And he's like, <laughs> bitching. That's, that's my fucking like. Get I back don't even know what that is. <laughs> the, uh, but he's like, no, I want to uh, be at the tactical post because that's I want to shoot most, photons. That's what I'm most most capable of. Janeway's like, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> nah, dude. Nah, dude, I don't even know who you are. <laughs> You've been alive for like three hours at this point, yeah. so I'm not going to let you be the tactical officer of my starship. I wouldn't let Neelix be the tactical officer of my ham fucking sandwich, dude. <laughs> I don't know if I would eat food that Neelix had touched with his hands, to be real honest with you. <laughs> he probably put some kind of weird, like, Bajoran squash on my fucking like delicious leftovers from Thanksgiving or some shit and ruin them you know what I mean he he, he has like a, a quadrillion uh, l- beetle larva that he wants to put yeah. in your fucking soup yeah and he's like I made you a Reuben and then I puke everywhere cause that sandwich is a fucking abomination yeah Reubens do suck a dick I'm not gonna lie yeah. to you you know what's yeah. the king of all sandwiches uh club <laughs> Turkey Club. Cubano. I don't know if I've ever had that. Cubano is fucking... uh, Well, actually, I want to make certain I get the correct ingredients for the Cubano sandwich. This is important. Cubano sandwich is uh, fucking uh, ham, Mm -hmm. mustard. It's got... um, Ah, shit. (laughs) I fucked this one up. Come on, Neelix. <laughs> Look. Sometimes we try something and it doesn't work out. <laughs> Ham and mustard? Off to a great start. Ham and mustard. Like, if it's like a Dijon, hell yeah, for sure. Uh, how dare you judge me on my own podcast? 
<laughs> how, how dare I? As long as it's not a Reuben, I'll eat it. Uh, I am going to the, the the description of the sandwich that I order from we didn't have memory a local place. We didn't have memory sandwich open. <laughs> no. A pit ham, adobo roasted pork shoulder, dill pickle, Ooh. yellow mustard, Swiss, on grilled ciabatta bread. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's That sounds good. That I sandwich that. is goddamn delicious. It's my favorite sandwich in the world. It sounds good. I mean, I would eat it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, I mean, I would. I, I like sandwiches. Like, I, I've been into the club lately. The turkey club. Get the spicy turkey club. It's probably why my stomach's all fucked up. Maybe. I do love a spicy anything. Yo, yeah. check this out. They have um, ranch and jalapeno chips, Lay's do now, and Ruffles. Oh, fuck, Get them man. shits. They're delicious. I might shit my pants if I have those. They, uh, I was really surprised at the fact that they do have a little tiny bit of a heat at the end. Oh, yeah, at the end. If you eat, like, three of them in a row, hell yeah. Yeah. You'll feel like, it. I was shocked, because I'm used to hot chips not being hot at all. You know what my favorite thing is? Wasabi peas. The oh, little... Wasabi peas are fucking delicious, dude. Dude, and you, then you get that one, and it just melts your scalp off, and you're like, woo! <laughs> Gives you that cold heat. Yeah, you're like, holy shit! Uh, what was I talking about? Altuvis. Uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> they go, yeah, to, a, wants, they go yeah, to a staff he, meeting. Yeah, she lets him into the staff meeting, right? She's like, come to the meeting. And they this are is discussing where he gets, him like he's not in the room. <laughs> this is where he gets businessman-y, and I'm like, ugh. Oh, and like he, he starts discussing, uh, he says, sex. And they're like, What? <laughs> And Jamie's like, excuse me? <laughs> like a fucking like he said fuck nugget or something. <laughs> excuse me? Dildo farts. Excuse me, Mr. Tuvix? But he's he talks about uh, symbi- symbiogenesis, a process of light, two life forms merging to create a second species. Yeah, which or is a third now... species, anyway. Which is now when you should be talking about how the plants maybe are sentient, and it would make yeah. the end better. <laughs> this is how the Andorian amoeba works. Everyone knows that. Everyone knows that. Yeah. And there's uh, the funniest moment in the entire fucking episode happens during this exchange. <laughs> when they cut the camera to Bolana Torres, who looks more bored than anyone has ever looked in the, <laughs> the history of this show. Well, she's like, this episode has nothing to do with me. I don't care about it. Like, she's straight up just staring, like, a thousand-yard stare into the distance. <laughs> Dude, that fucking, that Vietnam flashback video. It was so funny. Like, that's the only time I laughed in the entire episode. <laughs> God. Oh, um, man. But they're like, oh, the orchid from the planet is probably what was the catalyst for them merging. and Because the... You know, the way that the transporter works is it breaks you down to your DNA sequences. Yeah. Uh, and it apparently doesn't always know that an orchid is its own thing? I don't know. Sure, it, why not? Makes it, sense. Did the orchid <laughs> control the beam? <laughs> I, right? That's... I don't know. Uh, Memory Alpha is making some leaps in judgment here when it says, Possessing both Tuvok's Vulcan logic and Neelix's charming personality and sense of humor. Mm. I don't know about that. When, when do, what season does that start? <laughs> <laughs> is it later? Because I don't... 
remember that. <laughs> uh, Kess is upset, of course, because uh, her pedophile boyfriend is dead. <laughs> it's pedophile. <laughs> I don't know. She's three. Um, <laughs> I get that her race only lives to eight, but come on. <laughs> Tuvix like fixes a proximity detector glitch that it would have taken Tuvok days to do, but Tuvix had a hunch, which Vulcans can have and have yeah, had in yeah. the past. This to me was more just like, oh, he's Tuvok now. Like Tuvok would have done that. Like why? And also, like he had impetus to do it because he like wants to prove himself. You know what I mean? Like. He has, like, it's not, like, that he's a genius. He just, like, wants to kiss the captain's butt, dude. Here's the thing, like, if if this was me and I was the captain, I would double-check his work. I would, too! Because if Tuvok said it was going to take ten days, and he did it in one, he could have just fucked up the entirety security subroutine from, like, the ground up. Yeah, now you gotta assign somebody to check his work, and it's the whole thing, man. I would assign someone to check his work anyway, since he's a ghoul. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Torres and Paris go down to the planet to pick flowers. Yeah, fake flowers. <laughs> and they, uh, yeah, they transport the flowers up, and yeah, the flowers merge together into a new one. You're right. You were right, Tuvix. They had sex in the transporter beam. But they, they tried to undo the merging and the plants just explode they like burn <laughs> yeah they turn like into soot or something <laughs> and the doctor's like look i don't have any solutions but uh i I'll, I'll definitely keep trying but this may take months or years so tuvix needs to join the crew now and everyone's like yay a new friend yeah, everyone loves it no, they definitely yeah. don't stand around with d- sad faces. I think Cass, like, you can just see her wailing and crying in the background, and she's like, oh my god! <laughs> All I'm picturing is him writhing on top of me! <laughs> Kess prays for Tuvok and Neelix in her room with some Okompan prayer beads or whatever. Yeah. And Tuvix so, comes yeah. in, and she's like, uh, if I would have lost Tuvok, I would have gone to Neelix for comfort, and if I would have lost Neelix, I would have gone to Tuvok for spiritual guidance, and now I have no one. Yeah. And Tuvok says, but you have me. And she's like, (laughs) I don't know you. Yeah, you're, like, just got here, bro. Stranger danger. (laughs) Which is what she should have said about Neelix, too. Cast to security. (laughs) (laughs) I need an adult. But uh, I need someone who's at least five. <laughs> Send Naomi Wildman. <laughs> uh, Tuvix said, becomes a creeper for a scene and is like, I love you. Yeah. And she's yeah. like, well, what about Tuvok's wife, Tapel? And he's like, I love her too. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love her, but like, uh, I'll be with you. As a matter of fact, has Tuvok made that hot porno holodeck program yet? <laughs> I need to go fuck. I'll be right back. Give me 30 seconds. <laughs> Somehow my wiener is even smaller than both of them. Ah, <laughs> oh, and it looks like my head does. Oh. Yeah. 
He's got the fucking thin ass ZZ top beard hanging from his balls. <laughs> but she's like, I don't know you, and like, Tuvok has a wife. Like, you need to leave. Yeah, and yeah, Tuvok, she's not dealing with this. And Tuvok uh, breaks boundaries by touching her face, yeah. and then further breaks boundaries by kissing her on the cheek before he leaves. Yeah. Uh, I would wash my face with acid, personally. <laughs> I don't want whatever transporter herpes he's got. Still would look better than Tuvix would. <laughs> Why did they do that to that actor? Why did they make him look like that? They should have just made him look like the guy looks. Like, make, make him more human than Neelix C, right? Like, well, they I could, don't know. If they would have... I don't know how to salvage this makeup, honestly. You can. Like, you can. First of all, you get rid of the eyes, right? Yeah, like the that's, eyes are unnecessary. Absolutely. I don't know why they're red. None. None of them have red eyes. Give him I don't, two box eyes. Yeah. They're just regular eyes. He's eyes. He just has eyes. Yeah. Um, but apparently, three weeks passed, and two two Vix makes friends with the crew, mm. and he's a better cook than Neelix, and he's capable tactician like Tuvok. He has no qualities of his own in any way, shape, or form. He's a, a Mary Neelix. <laughs> Mary Suvix. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, he keeps a quote-unquote respectable distance from Kess by standing in the background and staring at her. Yeah, I have to be uh, on deck nine when Kess is on deck three. As a, as a result, he is less regarded as an accident, but more like a member of the crew, or so Memory Alpha tells me. That's what they say, I guess. Sure. The Doctor does find a way to reverse the, uh, the DNA fusion by selectively irradiating part I of like, Tuvok's genome. I like how he calls Ensign Kim in the middle of the night, and he's like... Uh, Ensign Kim, this, like, hypothetically, like, uh, do we have any, like, radioactive shit lying around? Yeah, of course. <laughs> he's like, uh, yeah. What do you want to do with it? And he's like, nothing. Yeah. Yeah, of and he's course. Like, I'll be right there. <laughs> and I've never, I don't pay a whole lot of attention to people fake playing an instrument. Yeah, but, playing the clarinet. Uh, Ensign Kim is just wiggling the, like, valves open and close yeah. with every finger while he's playing. <laughs> yeah, it's not, that's not... Uh, and I thought that was quite funny. But, he should have um, just held it, and it's, just hold it still, and it would have looked better. But they're all, they're all really excited about having Tuvok and Neelix back. But Tuvix is like, there's just one problem. You didn't take one person into account one person's opinion into account that I don't want to die. And then uh Torres in the background goes, You're a person? <laughs> I thought you were some kind of mold. It cuts to the same shot of Bolana Torres staring into the distance. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck me, man. Uh, I'm also in this episode, I guess. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Can I go back to engineering? This is boring. <laughs> but uh, Janeway brings Tuvix into uh, into her office and yeah. is like, "Look, uh, I'm going to kill you." And he <laughs> he's like, 
well, no, here's some reasons why you shouldn't. And she's like, oh, I'm not even going to stop to think about that. I'm going to kill you. I mean, honestly, man, I'm on the Janeway's side here. No, I, I am too. I, I don't care about Tuvix. Like, I, I want this he, abomination out of my sight. Here's the thing. Like, okay, so Tuvix is his own guy, right? Sure. Okay, let's assume he is, right? Yeah. Uh, well, Tuvix didn't go to Starfleet Academy, so Tuvix is going to need to go back to Starfleet Academy if he's going to do any work around here. That's true. He wants it both ways, right? The yeah. Way he acts. Yeah. He wants all of the... Um, like rank and prestige yes. of these characters and the relationships that they've already built, right? Uh, but he also wants to be treated like he's a completely new person that has his own relevance yeah. and his own sentience. Tuvix, Tuvix just got here. Tuvix ain't done shit. No, Tuv- Tuvox did. Tuvok does. Neelix does. Tuv- I don't know about Tuvix. The Tuvix has been here for three weeks, and he's mostly just been. Half Tuvok, half Neelix yeah. about everything. And like, like integrate th- your personality, bro. Like I said earlier, like just from a tactical survival standpoint, having two people do two separate jobs is better than having one person who can do both jobs, right? Sure. Like, the, like the dilemma is entirely morality based, right? In sure. order to get back two of your friends, you have to kill a sentient life form. That I just met three weeks ago? Yeah. I'm fine with this. <laughs> sure. Perhaps not a moral dilemma for one Josh Henderson. Like, <laughs> if there was a Jeff and a Rich, like a, let's call him Drish. Jitch. <laughs> Jitch. Jitchvix. Or I would ref. murder the, I'd murder the fuck out of that guy. To get the, to get the true yeah. heroes, Jeff and Rich, back. Yeah. It'd all be like, he would come to the Bros Before Pros podcast and just have like an alien knockoff every time. Half sci-fi, <laughs> half horror. Yeah, and he would have like this weird like English, but like West Virginia accent. I wouldn't yeah. know what he was saying. What the fuck is that guy saying? What are you talking about? How many chimneys you got? I got, he's got half the chimneys because I got yep. zero. And he, that's right. Rich has 80. On average, that's like three and a half chimneys. Rich doesn't have a roof. It's just all chimneys up there. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking crazy. I don't even know the logistics of how that works. Uh, Who designed this? Frank Lloyd wrong? Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) It's the stupidest joke. (laughs) He did it, everybody. It's the stupidest joke that I'm pretty sure I made before. She's like Tuvix. You got to go through with this procedure to get because Tuvok and Neelix would give up their lives to save another, and Tuvix is like, "Well, they're gone, and I'm here, and I have the right to live." Yeah. Then he pulls out some like, like death penalty shit, which like I'm not like for the death penalty, so I'm like, yeah, fine, whatever. They used to kill murderers. This is not that at all. No, it's not. <laughs> This, this is a whole different scenario. With, yeah, this but I mean, to him, to like that. it's just he dies. Like it's straw man as fuck, dude. He's like, but what about fucking the murderers? I haven't done uh, any crime. Uh, I don't know, man. But we haven't done that in a while, so I don't know what you're fucking talking about, dude. Tuvix <laughs> goes to Kess, which uh, is Tuvix a moron? Because uh, yeah. <laughs> why would you ask Kess? He's like, you have to talk to Janeway to allow me to live. And Kess goes to Janeway, and she's like, Tuvix asked me to plead on his his case to you, and uh, but 
uh, please kill him. Yeah, <laughs> uh, my favorite part is when like it shows her like reacting to Tuvix asking her the question, right? And then she just like looks down and bites her knuckle and goes, <laughs> like this bitch is gonna kill you, dude. Uh, <laughs> we talked about this before the podcast, but like she's uh, Kes is like. What do you do when you think you're going to be, like, uh, separated from your loved ones or whatever? Because Janeway, like, equates it to what everybody else on the ship's going through. They don't know if they'll ever see their loved ones again. And Janeway starts talking about Mark. And I was like, who the fuck is Mark? Mark. And I had to look it up. Like, I had to think for a second. Oh, yeah. Janeway has, like, a fiancé or a husband or something? They have all these weird, like, dangling threads of plot that they never tighten up or yeah. sew together. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, Kess is like, what do you do to, like, get through it? And I'm like, well, mostly make out with Chakotay is what she does to get yeah. through it. <laughs> yeah, she fucking just hits it and quits it is what she does. Yeah, they go to that little, like, camp away planet and just <laughs> fuck. This is after they find Amelia Earhart, of course. Of course, of course, of course. <laughs> And the dinosaurs how that come, came from Earth. How come Amelia Earhart is looked at as being less like far less ridiculous than Abraham Lincoln in TOS? <laughs> I don't know. They it's seem pretty, pretty similar. similar to me. Yeah, yeah. One of them. Yeah. Although I, Abraham Lincoln does have super space powers in TOS, so he did in that. real life too. Yeah, it's little known fact. It's why he won all those wrestling matches. <laughs> But, it did uh, the Lincoln sleeper hold. Janeway hugs Cass a bunch in this episode, uh, which yeah. is nice. We appreciate that. Yeah, that's all right. Um, she's like Tuvix. She goes to the um, bridge, and Tuvix is there, and uh, no one is like taking his orders because they all know he's going to get fucking murderized. <laughs> They're like, what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, just have to, I'm just gonna have to follow somebody else's orders tomorrow. <laughs> just a substitute tactical officer. I'm not listening to you. <laughs> You're not my real tactical officer. <laughs> but yeah. she's like, report to sick bay, and he's like, no. Oh jeez, here like, we go. Report to sick bay, and he's like, this is nothing more than an execution. You know what? My favorite thing about this scene is he thinks that inciting a mutiny is going to help him. Like, he runs around the bridge being like, Chakotay, you can't let this happen. Tom Paris, you have to stand up for me. And they all just stare at him. Yeah, because it's insane. And then he runs. (laughs) He tries to run. and Like, where are you going? He's going to fucking go to deck four. Nobody ever goes. (laughs) (laughs) The, The security shows up and grabs him. Yeah. He's like, I, uh, you, you are good, good people, so I forgive you what you're about to do. Yeah, I mean, I'm fi- again, I'm fine with all this, but you'll have to live with the consequences. Oh God, we got Neelix and Tuvok back. Oh, oh we shit. got our friends back. Oh no. Oh, uh, I guess I'll have to fucking find it in me to go on. <laughs> and the doctor is being a little bitch about it as well. He's like, I pledge to do no harm, so I won't end Tuvix's life. And I'm like, Tuvix is just getting split in half. Yeah, you're not ending his life. He, I guess you are, right? Because he's a, he's a gestalt entity. He is made of two yeah. beings, and if those beings are separated, he no longer exists. That's pretty much killing him. 
Yeah, I, yeah, but when Goku and Vegeta <laughs> stop being Gogeta, Gogeta no longer exists. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's. It's the ship. It's the Sisyphus ship. What, what is they it? Sh- Theseus what they sh- ship? The- the ship of Theseus. Yeah. What they should have done is put uh, Tuvix into Majin Buu's belly. They should have. And then he would have automatically diffused. <laughs> We've been talking about so much Dragon Ball Z. We today. really have. Majin Buu, goddamn. But uh, Janeway does the procedure by herself while everyone stands around staring yeah. sadly. Apparently, you don't need to go to med school to be a doctor. You just no. just inject people with shit. Like Janeway's was a science officer, but she yeah, wasn't she a did. medical yeah. officer. No. But no. Uh, Tuvix. Uh, defuses, they take off the Patara earrings, and they defuse into Tuvok and Neelix, and everybody's happy that they're back. <laughs> and I forgot about the earrings! Janeway uh, walks out, like, acknowledges them both, and then walks out in the hallway and looks really sad. Yeah. Uh, while uh, dark music plays dun 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 yeah and then, and then like, it gets even more like dun 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 when she like looks up like I did what I had to do and walks off it would have been better if it was the captain's log it would have been better if the music was like a little less like terminator music yeah. right like the like, captain's log did I do the right thing? did I do the right thing yeah and then have her do sort of like a pale moonlight where she's like I, I think I did like, I there's I no, had there's to do no this. turning back from your decisions. Yeah, and whether I did the right thing or not, I will have to live with those consequences. Right, right. And I mean, your mileage may vary. You might think that this scene does enough to show that Janeway has gone through these emotions without having it explained to the audience. But I think that this episode could do with a little bit more, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> transparency. In they what went. It's doing. They went with the the cheap emotional ending, right? In my opinion, they went for the, oh my god, like what what's to happen? And nothing, nothing yeah, fucking happens. It's done. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, he's gone. He was never gonna be on the show. So what the fuck, right? Like no, I mean like. <laughs> He just he just got here, man. <laughs> the pro like I've said a million times already during this recording, the problem with Tuvix, which is what the episode should have been called, the problem with Tuvix, <laughs> is that we don't get to know him in any real way, and it's no. it's sort of the problem of having a time limit on the episode, right? Yeah. And the moral dilemma only exists for the second half of the episode. So we're never we don't even have enough time to settle into the thought process or back and forth, especially when there's no one on his side but him. Yeah. Nobody cares. Well, not that they don't care, but nobody n- nope, they're like me. They're like, "Well, like we like honestly, like Tuvok was cool." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, we get that Tuvok. guy back. Yeah. And we want our like, friends back. Y- yeah, like get him back, right? They should have had him str- on. You're a stranger at this point, right? Yeah. And like the moral dilemma exists whether you know this person or not. It would be like the the genuine moral dilemma would be like there are two rooms, and 
there's a complete stranger in one room and like me and Rich in the other. It's the, and the train. complete stranger is begging for their life and we're not. It's the train experiment, right? Sort there's of. Two, yeah. There's two tracks. You, you and Rich are laying on one, and the stranger is laying on another. It's and the the big difference is the stranger is begging for their life, and we're not. Yeah, but I I would still kill them. <laughs> it's like, is it is it better to take one life to save two? I'm telling you, it's the math doesn't even work out. That's what I'm saying, right? Like logically from a Vulcan standpoint, like the math works in the favor of splitting him in half. Yeah. Well, it's the, it's the old adage. Are you a Kirk or a Spock? Yeah. Do the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one, or do the needs of the few outweigh the needs of the many? Yeah. Except for in this case, like, uh, instead of like my friend Spock, it's my friend's, uh, cousin Sock, who I met three weeks ago. <laughs> like I don't yeah. know this motherfucker. It's, like the the question is um is a pure moral question. It's not uh again because and it's sullied again because we don't really get to know Tuvix on any level below yeah. a surface level. We understand him to be an amalgam of two personalities, and there's nothing of him in there. It's all two characters we already know. And he he even says he feels like an imposter and it's because he's acting like a pale imitation of, of one of them at a time. Yeah. Yeah, I I I mean the the like you said the question is purely moral on on the grounds of for morality's sake in, in the episode in the yes. writing, right? Like the, like, there's no reason for me to give a fuck about this guy. I don't care about him. It's a television show, and he's an actor who plays this character this week, and I know he's not coming back. I mean, there's there's the sort of meta aspect of it in that way. Yeah. I mean, the show is asking you a very straightforward moral question. Is it okay to take a life to save two other lives. I think it's I think it thinks it's asking that moral question. I would say it falls short. Oh yeah. Because well, like, of course you pick two people over one person. And again, of course you do. Speaking in the meta sense of it, like you are these two people are characters that we've had for two seasons yeah, now. We've exactly. They, like and, we've and, had two seasons to understand who Tuvok and who Neelix are as characters. And we've either grown to love or loathe them, depending on who you are. <laughs> I mean, I know, Jeff, you would uh, disagree with this, but it's not like one of them is fucking Hitler. You no, know what I mean? Neelix like... is not Hitler. <laughs> like, Neelix that... is Goebbels at worst. <laughs> I'm kidding. Neelix is just annoying. I, I actually, I wouldn't take Neelix out of the show. I don't know, maybe. But I would I would, I limit would... his character or change it. If I, I was thinking... That had Neelix been like Tuvix, he would be infinitely better. Had True. Neelix been played, not maybe not played by, because like I know that the guy who plays Neelix is like in a ton of Star Trek shit. He's in everything, right? Mm-hmm. I, had he just calmed the fuck down <laughs> for two seconds, he would be less annoying, and I would like him more. But I agree. Yeah. It's it seems like he's written to be annoying, but we're supposed to still find him endearing. He's the, he's Jar Jar. He's Jar Jar Banks, man. He's a funnier character than we've ever had in Star Trek before. <laughs> Hopefully, it works. 
like uh, Crystal watches this show called The Middle. Yeah. Which uh, stars uh, the wife from Everybody Loves Raymond mm-hmm. and the janitor from Scrubs. Ah, my wife's a bitch. As uh, <laughs> as like a married couple, it's a very yeah. funny show. It apparently wasn't super popular or anything, but it had a bunch of seasons. But uh, there's like a school board representative in one episode. And I was looking at him, and I was like, he looks weirdly familiar in some way. He started talking, and I was like, oh, fuck, that's Neelix. It's, yeah, it's whatever his name <laughs> as is. As soon as he spoke, I was like, oh, that's Neelix. He plays the holodeck guy in uh, First Contact, the, like, the bouncer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, gentlemen, you're not allowed to bring your weapons in here, right? Stop me. <laughs> Stop me, Neelix. <laughs> it's the... The morality of this episode gets muddied uh, with several factors, like the meta factor of like what we understand about the show, the factor of how little we get to know uh, yeah. Tuvix as a character, the factor of how uh, the debate over his uh, continued existence isn't a debate. There's no back yeah. and forth there's no people taking sides it's literally everyone wants him to die and for Neelix and Tuvok to come back there's including no the le- audience there's no legality that's preventing them from doing you know what i mean like like if if the flower was sentient probably illegal probably <laughs> but i mean it's again is it murder like are well, we that's killing the question. yeah I, or one I don't know. of the questions and again it's, it doesn't address that very well either I think the better episode of this uh, uh, show is the Enterprise with Sim when they have the clone of uh, Trip to harvest organs out of. That's more of a quandary. I barely remember that episode. Because they're using that dude as, like, parts. Like, that's fucked up, right? Yes, it is. Like, that's different than this, which is... We just want Tuvok and Neelix because yeah. <laughs> it was an accident. Like, some this people, was an accident. Some people, like, genuinely love this episode. Like, when I made that tweet, when I said, man, dot, 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 I don't want to watch Tuvix, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Uh, some, like, a couple people responded, like, no, it's, like, really good. Or, like, no, you're going to have a blast watching it. And I'm just like, did we watch the same episode? Because... <laughs> Man, for a long stretch in the middle of the episode, this episode's pretty boring. That's that Voyager. People watch Voyager with rose-colored Geordie uh, vi- visors, man. <laughs> like, like I, I don't know what they're seeing half the time because when I watch it, I'm like, you know, there's like way better Star Trek. Yeah, exactly. Like, like this is not very good. But like the beginning of the episode has the accident and the introduction of the character and the sort of like getting to know the character portion mm-hmm. it, it extremely short before the whole like Kess and him thing starts yeah. it, that's the interesting bit at the beginning and then in the middle there's the entirety of him trying to romance or friend up Kess and him puttering around the ship Yeah, boring they should have had him be on for a season and call it the Year of Hell, comma, <laughs> apost- or colon, uh, Tuvix. <laughs> the Year of Hell, Tuvix. That's what I would have done. And then we would have got to know him, and then maybe at the end of the season, that's the big, 
You know, that's what they would do now, right? Yeah, like, that's like what imagine, Discovery would do. Could you imagine how strong that moral quandary would be? That like we were, uh, we yeah. understood throughout this entire time that Tuvix is a character that cannot be undone. We've yeah. lost our two friends, but Tuvix has become our friend, and we've watched an entire season of this character, and they've yeah. done a lot to ingratiate the character to the audience. Yep. Uh, which I don't know if Discovery can do. No, they can't. Well, no, they did that with Pike. Yeah, they did. They did. And um, uh, I mean, there's there's an argument to be made for Saru as well. Sure, but um, he's all right. They they ingratiate the character of Tuvix to the audience for an entire season, and then at the end of the season, it's like we figured out how to undo what yeah. made them. This and entire episode has a has a timing issue. It's all timing, and none of it works. The timing doesn't work in this episode no, at all. I want to like this episode. Is the thing? Yeah, like I think we're gonna pick the same score. Maybe. <laughs> I like, think we're definitely gonna. Pick the same there's score. there's definitely a um a curve for Voyager episodes. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's a good point. A good time to take a quick commercial break, and then we'll actually be back with our review scores, final thoughts, and uh, whatever the fuck else we're going to talk about in this episode. We will be right back. Man, I want Burger King. No. Sure, you got places to go, people to see, but why not pop over to Burger King and find out how to join the kids' club? Details are specified in the Kids Club newsletter. You can find out how to get a membership card, stickers, autograph pictures, and have lots of fun non-stop, with or without your pop. So if you can find the time, why not pop into Burger King? And find out how to join the Kids Club. Welcome back from those messages, everybody. Hopefully you enjoyed that. Uh, Burger King message again. We're doing yeah. it again. <laughs> I'm going after the show. I'm gonna go get Burger King. I I can't eat Burger King. Too sloppy for me. Um, I have recently rediscovered the onion rings. Onion rings are delicious, and they have this new zesty sauce, which people are going nuts over, and deservedly so. It's amazing. You know what I will say is, uh, I the last two or three times I uh, somehow ended up at Burger King anyway, even though I bitch about it. <laughs> In a drunken stupor. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, this was a couple years ago now, but the last time I had Burger King. But, like, I would get the Beyond Burger. Yeah, that was good. That which was is, good. Which is better than their regular burger because they put a bunch of seasonings on it to make it seem more like yeah. a real burger. It's it's not a hot, sweaty mess. That's, yes, that's it's, why. it's also not sloppy as fuck. There is yeah. that. <laughs> Thanks, Mr. Van Houten. No one knows what that means. <laughs> Thank you, Millhouse's dad. I was eating a Whopper at after a basketball game, and he took us to Burger King. Me and my what would become my one girlfriend and his daughter abby as i've spoken about many times who couldn't go down an escalator oh my god uh, we have first name and last name now that's bad it's, it's fine it's fine it's, <laughs> it's fine it's totally fine uh and uh he was like i was like oh man this whopper is fucking sloppy or whatever and he's like josh some nights you like it sloppy i was 14 <laughs> you know sometimes life lessons come when you least expect them <laughs> Sometimes they come at a Burger King at 11 o'clock at night. Jesus. 
You can just say whatever the fuck you want to kids back then. Nineties <laughs> were, were nuts, dude. Uh, you want a drink, son? <laughs> I did drink at his house a bunch, but he wasn't aware, around to know about that. Well, that's just normal teenager behavior. And then we collapsed Abby's pool. Oh, above ground pool? You like yeah. collapsed it? I've yeah, seen that collapsed. happen. I wasn't in the pool at the time, but I was yeah. standing up on the deck above the pool. Those things just were, seeing the fucking yeah. flood go out over the yard. Those things were fucking <laughs> not made for any... You cannot have an above ground pool. It's just if you're going to put more than two people in that pool, you need to be real goddamn careful. Yeah, and it was like 20 high school fucking seniors right like Jesus. we were and we were drunk. Wild. just fuck wild in the middle of nowhere because she lived in the middle of fucking nowhere man like that's how we had to do it back then there were no co- there were no cops back then i don't know if you know this no well maybe maybe not maybe not for folks who look like you no no not for not for folks who look like me but also like in the in the in the woods like yeah, there are no cops they didn't in the show woods up back then yeah they didn't show up for anything uh, anyway, if, if you have an emergency in the woods, the cops will show up, but it'll be like 45 minutes for, later, an hour, hour and a half later. Yeah. Cause they were the state cops back then. Knock, out knock, there. knock. You dead in there. <laughs> if you move wrong, you will be damn a cab, a cab forever. So right. Josh, let's wheel on out. Yeah. The, uh, patented Cochrane to catfish warp scale of quality. <laughs> we, st- we didn't oil it this this week. Yeah, I used the wrong four in one oil. <laughs> I used the scalp oil instead. <laughs> um, Dapper Dan. Dapper, our board's a Dapper Dan man. <laughs> the way the Cochrane to Catfish warp scale of quality works is that a zero uh, is a terrible, worthless episode, and mm. that's a Cochrane. It's interesting that you started with that. Um. Yeah, it is interesting, isn't it? Uh, I thought maybe a one is a Cochrane. I forget. A one is a Cochrane yeah. because that's warp. Warp one. one. Yeah. Okay, that makes way more sense. My brain was like, Jeff, you're fucking up. What are you saying? It's every day of my life I think that about me, not you. Wow. Wow, Josh. <laughs> I love how quickly you jumped on that grenade that you tossed on the floor. <laughs> like Captain America, dude. I'm jumping on that thing. Thank you. Uh. <laughs> Uh, Warp One is a Cochrane. Uh, that's a bad episode, even though uh, Zephram Cochrane is the man who made it possible for the Federation to exist. Yeah. A Catfish is a 10 for Warp 10, yeah. uh, even though it's from one of the worst episodes in Star Trek history, which, uh, ironically, is also this show. So Weird. Ironic, yes. Weird how it works like that. Josh, Co- what are you giving two Vicks on the scale? I f- I am completely indifferent. I- I'm giving it a five. I don't give a single shit about this episode. I don't. It's it's not horrible, but mm. it's not good. So I'm I'm giving it a ca- I'm giving it a a, a trip a warp trip five. Tucker warp five. Yeah. Yeehaw! That's, that's perfectly fair. Weehaw! I wish Whoa. I was closer to that catfish. Damn! I wish I was warp ten. <laughs> Uh, Your mama's so ugly, she's warped hand. (laughs) Tuvik's so ugly. (laughs) Tuvik's so ugly, he looks like catfish. Damn. Yeehaw! Pew! 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 
I'm in, I'm from Florida? Question mark. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna give it a six. Okay. Yeah. And again, this is because of the uh, the curve that I'm doing for Voyager. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Voyager as a whole has uh, it has some high highs and it has some incredibly low lows, but for the most part, is uh, pretty like toe in the line, like straight across the board. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. So I'm gonna give this episode a six because I appreciate what it's going for, but it fails in almost every fashion. Yeah, I was I was so bored watching this. I was like, I don't care about any of this. <laughs> it's there. This the, nothing is set up correctly. Yeah. Like we don't get to know Tuvix in any real way. The moral dilemma is so short. Yeah. And is solved so quickly. It's the moral dilemma has been uh, the path has been chosen when Janeway is discussing quote unquote it with Tuvix. It's already been chosen. Yeah. Yeah, she doesn't ever outline why she chooses it or why she should choose the other way. It, there's there's it's it the timing is so bad in this episode. Yes. I I also, it made me feel like a murderer because I was like, you know what? Get rid of this fucker. <laughs> Get this guy out of here. I was like, who the fuck is this motherfucker? I, it's such <laughs> wasted potential, right? Like, this could have been one of those great moral quandary episodes yeah. of Star Trek. And I mean, we talk about it that way sometimes. Yeah. But it wasted all potential. In reality, not executed well at all. No. And that's unfortunate because uh, not only would it have been another great episode in Star Trek history, it would have been one of the high peaks for Voyager, for which Voyager. it sort of desperately yeah. needs at certain points. Yeah, Voyager needs all the help it can get, honestly. Es especially at this point where it's like it's sort of floundering around a little bit before uh, seven. seven of Nine shows up. Yeah. Yeah. Seven being like. Like the uh, personification, literally, of the Borg, right? Like mm -hmm. when Voyager, as soon as Voyager went to the Delta Quadrant back in the day when the show came out, I'm old enough to remember this. Uh, people were like, "Well, what about like the Borg? Like they, they're going to run into the Borg, right?" Like and everyone and was that, just waiting for yeah, it. Yeah, everyone was waiting for that shoe to drop, and instead we got like Tuvix. <laughs> <laughs> Here he comes, Tuvix. We got the hundred clans of the broccoli heads <laughs> versus, like the, versus the eight-year-old maximums. <laughs> Tuvix, this episode feels like uh, you work in an office and you were sick for like a week and you come back and then there's a new guy yucking it up and you're like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> That's very true. Who the fuck is this guy? I <laughs> Not executed well. Uh, I, again, anytime you see a story by and then tell a play by, yeah, uh, you're going into some dangerous territory here because there was an idea here that was necessary for the script that came from the story guys, but yeah. isn't. But the story fit. guys did not write the actual script. Not fit for television. Yes, it's too hot for TV. <laughs> <laughs> Bum fights. Fuck. And again, as I said in my great notes that I took for this <laughs> for this podcast specifically, it would, it, go with the two it would probably help if he didn't look like the in-between shot of a grotesque horror monster <laughs> transformation. 
It would probably help. It, it would indeed help. It would endear him a little better to people, I think. It's so sad. I guess it's sad in a way, but also like, I don't know, maybe don't make him have fucking demon eyes. That's know. probably a bad choice. <laughs> you know, play to your strengths, you know? He just, he looks like one of the deep sea fish that like you yeah. drag up onto land and it starts <laughs> deflating. <laughs> like 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 Mariana's Trench when they're like, what yeah. the fuck is that? Yeah. And he he yeah. looks nefarious because of the the like bright red eyes and like he looks like a horror monster from like he a B movie. Like, he looks like an evil old Greg. Not the B movie, but <laughs> a B movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when Seinfeld dates a human as a bee. Yeah, and then in real life he dates a sixteen year old. What's with all the humans being sixteen? He was thirty seven. When he dated a 16-year-old. That's not good. What do you have to talk about? My Little Pony? <laughs> How'd you do in school today? Have you seen this new SpongeBob? What's going on? What's, what's the deal with Sandy Cheeks? Does she have to have a helmet on every time she goes down there? What's a squirrel doing in Bikini Bottom? I do a pretty good Seinfeld. Uh, we do bad Seinfelds, which is the best kind <laughs> I you can think do. it's good. Jeff, what are you saying? Okay, that was pretty good, actually. <laughs> you gotta get high up there, yeah. <laughs> this is bad. Uh, Ken, <laughs> Ken Biller, the guy who wrote the teleplay, said, I ended up taking the episode over and completely rewriting it. It was a tricky episode because it could devolve into something farcical. It's another okay. one of those semi-hokey sci-fi premises. No! the No! No! It's not! <laughs> It's not that. This guy sucks. I hate this guy. Yeah, I agree. He's the Tuvix of Tuvixes. And the, there's a, there's like a throwaway line that Chakotay says that is apparently like extremely important to this script, according to this guy. And they gave it to Chakotay, huh? <laughs> Let's give all the best lines to this guy. Chakotay <laughs> says, uh, there's a saying which he butchers and says the exact opposite of yeah, yeah which is the sum the the whole is never greater than the sum the of its sum parts of its which parts. is the exact opposite of the, what that su- phrase the whole is. is greater than the sum of its parts yeah. is the saying and uh, he says that uh tuvix is disproving that statement and apparently that's one of the most important lines in the script which isn't even correct uh, and, yeah, and i barely paid attention to it I Even remember he I said was it. watching the show with my eyeballs. I remember he said it, and I was like, I don't think that's the saying. I remember no, thinking that. But I was too not, the not giving a shit to look. I didn't give a shit. I was like, I don't care. I just remember him sitting fucking backwards on Janeway's chair, like, cool dude from <laughs> detention. And he was like, what's up, babe? <laughs> uh, Tuvix actor Tom Wright was unsure if he could discern a moral in the episode's plot. There's not yeah. one that I could really pick out immediately. There isn't any moralizing, right? Observed. It's just a story about a character, and you follow that character during the time he's alive. You watch the birth and the life and the death of one character in one episode, and there's no struggle between good and evil. It's purely a no-win scenario. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. That's a great way to put it. It's It just, it just is. Like, there's no... Um, 
There's no impetus for me to give a shit about him. I don't care. Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here, Tuvix. What's the deal with Tuvix? Why is he on the show? That's a good ass question. (laughs) This is literally a show about nothing. I'm just. Why did you make him look like this? I don't know, man. They went handboat on the makeup. They were like overcompensating, I think. Honestly, I think that's what it was. They were like, well, let's just make him look fucking weird. Okay. Uh, Tom Wright said, I had these contact lenses in and I couldn't see anything. But it wasn't really that hard. I did Creep Show 2 and Tales from the Crypt. So I was at least familiar with having to work with makeup. That's why he comes off as so nefarious. Yeah, I'm telling you, he plays the fucking Nazi alien. They were like, this dude's creepy, man. He plays creepy well. I mean... Like, there's a... There are parts in the episode where he comes off, like, from a one point onwards as a character that's not nefarious. But for the first two, three scenes he's in, there's, like, an undercurrent of menace when he's doing things. It's like they just watched The Fly, right? And they were like, let's just do The Fly. Yeah, let's make him look like that, too. Yeah. Let's, let's make him look like the end when he puts the shotgun to his own face because he wants to die. Yeah. But we'll make the audience feel like that. <laughs> God. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. I don't know. I might go down to a four. <laughs> you can do what you like, baby. I I think five with the curve is, is as high as I'm going to go. That's as high as I'm going. This is... Uh... This episode was criticized as being derivative of other episodes in the Star Trek canon, including The Enemy Within, which is, like, the opposite of what happens. Yeah, I, I'm I'm fine with it being derivative of... Because that's, that's Star Trek does that, right? Like, I don't care. Uh, it just isn't done well. Like, even the Burke episode is better than this. I love that episode, actually. Yeah. I, I don't know Burke. if we gave it anything, but... We gave it a blowjob. That's true. <laughs> And it deserved it, baby. Yeah, it worked hard that day. It what? worked hard for the money. So hard for the honey. That's for, the, the beat. That's movie. the beat. <laughs> yeah. Fuck! You got to it before me. We're the same guy. God damn it! <laughs> I know there's gonna be. I know there's gonna be a lot of people who are fairly upset with our ruling on this episode. You think? I don't know. I feel like it's a, It's like a twenty-five seventy-five split here. You think people like it more than they don't? No. I think the 75 is people that don't like it. Oh, well, the lower 25 is always the most vocal, as we know, because we live in the United States. It's <laughs> true. <laughs> it's, uh, that works on multiple levels, the lower 25. Yeah. God, does you're work smart. It's, I'm a genius, and I've always has been, and people don't understand that. <laughs> it's true. People don't give you the credit you deserve. That's right. That I said, I was like so fucking impressed when I came back to our DM with Rich Masters, and you guys had been talking about fucking toys for like six hours in the DM yeah. while I was gone. Yeah. And I said, I didn't think I'd come back to war and peace about fucking action figures. Oh, that's And my, you said, yeah. Dostoyevsky. Yep, because he wrote War and Peace. And that was the cleverest shit I ever saw <laughs> in my whole life. <laughs> I was so impressed with that. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I have a few in me. <laughs> 
I was like, shame he just goes back to dick jokes all the time. <laughs> hey, man. If whatever it, doesn't pay the bills. <laughs> if it works, it works. <laughs> if it's not broke, don't dix it. There we go. Now we're back on track. We're heating up. We're heating up. <laughs> right at the end. We're heating up. I hope someone doesn't fucking transport me out of here and kill me. Uh, they were trying in the Discord to come up with a name for if the two of us got fused, and they couldn't come up with anything decent. Because mm. it it can it just becomes Josh or Jeff again if you don't yeah, change it's too the similar. Line. It could be Joff, but that sounds like Jeff or Jesh. Or Josh. Jesh is good. I think that's a porn guy. Jesh. That's a porn site. Jesh fucker dick. Start <laughs> <laughs> my don't new ask, porn name. Don't ask me how I know that. Just trust me on this one. If you said anything about pornography, I would believe you. You have an air of someone who just knows about all that stuff. I know a lot about a lot of things, and I'm not going to apologize for knowing about porn <laughs> shit. <laughs> I like how people like pretend like they're like, ah, I don't, I don't know. It's not like, a trial on. here. Come on, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about other people, man. People, it's like, oh, it's like we're playing this game where we all pretend like we don't watch fucking porn. Nah. Get real. I've never, I don't know what it is. <laughs> uh. Get fucking real. What is that? P pornography? Is that like stenography? Never heard of it. <laughs> is that like photography? It's like photography. It's like fucktography. Fucktography. That's what they should have called it. They should have, but they really, they really missed out. I wonder what the root of the term pornography is. Pornographic. Okay, Josh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Uh, it probably has something to do with Greek. It's all Greece, right? It's all Greek to me. Everything's Greek. I don't know. What happens That's if I go guess. to Wikipedia and look up pornography? The etymology of pornography portrayal of sexual subject matter it's primarily intended to assist in sexual arousal in the consumer oh okay here we go mid 19th century from greek pornographos writing about prostitutes there you go wow. i was right i told you i'm a genius <laughs> but where did pornographos come from the greeks <laughs> no i get that but like words have an origin right yeah, but a lot of them, like, we start oh, to lose. Pornos means fornicator. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so pros that's prostitute. That's where prostitution comes from. Okay, so that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Thanks, it probably Greeks. comes. Probably comes from, who knows? Like, we start to lose where Greek stuff comes from a lot, because I think, like, before that, it's nobody wrote it down a lot, right? Word of mouth shit. That's true. <laughs> Just like the prostitutes. <laughs> Thank you, Greek, for pornography. My dick, thank my dick, thank you. <laughs> oh, my God. So, <laughs> we've reached the end of yet another episode of M-Class Podcast, and as always, I would like to thank Vitizen for the use of his track, Outer Space Race, for Woo! our theme song. Uh, Vitizen has um, new shit coming out from... Uh, the Vitizen name, mm -hmm. uh, every piece of music that you've heard on a podcast that he's created, I think besides Outer Space Race, because that was already on an album, yeah. is um, 
he's he's made a new album with like the Bros Before Pros theme, all of the music he made for Tapon's Theater on Subspace. Uh, yeah. Anytime he's made a theme for a podcast or a show or YouTube, it is on this album. So go check that out at vitizen.card.co. And that's two R's in card. Go buy it because he's really cool and he's super nice and he lets us use his music. I love and, that man. Yeah. So seriously, go help him out. Go buy that thing. Yeah. Um, his band Sonder is coming out with an album fairly soon as well. Fuck yes. You'll be able to find that on vitizen.card.co as well, I believe. So uh, keep keep on track of that shit because Sonder fucking rules. Hell yeah. I love it. I'd like to uh, direct everyone who's enjoying the show to our Patreon, where you can support us monetarily at patreon.com slash mclasspodcast, where for as little as a dollar a month, you get access to behind-the-scenes posts, wallpapers from every uh, episode that I've done art for, which is all of them. Mm -hmm. What the fuck am I doing with my life? Yeah, uh, I don't know. You get, None of us do. <laughs> you get access to a Discord full of your fellow Trek boys to shoot the shit with all day long. Speaking of shoot the shit, for a little bit more money, you get access to a whole other podcast that we do called Jeff and Josh Shoot the Shit, where we talk about anything that's not Star Trek and also sometimes Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> Next time we're going to talk about the Snapple Lady, Wendy Kaufman. <laughs> Wendy Coffel, as Josh Coffle. called her earlier. Yeah, Wendy Coffel. <laughs> Fuck you, Wendy Kaufman. Yeah. Just kidding. I love Wendy Kaufman. Yeah. She's probably passed away, and I'm like, I miss being, Snapple. Being an asshole. No, I think she's still alive. I miss Snapple, though. Snapple Remember, still exists. I used to get the lime flavored lemonade. It was so good, man. I used to get the green, green apple Sobe. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's I know I'm changing the subject. No, it's similar. But uh I used to get really into Sobe because they had a like Gex mascot. They had the cool lizard, yeah. It was like a that. cool lizard and sunglasses, like Gex. And I That's why you're into hundred Gex. One Gex is enough for me. <laughs> you don't need a hundred Gex? I don't need a hundred Gex, thank you very I've never listened to a hundred Gex. Some of it's really good, and some of it... It's mostly weird, but some of it's really good. Oh. I mean, I sent you, like, a fucking uh, techno music funeral dirge last time we talked, so... Yeah, I love that. That was cool. Um, also, on our Patreon sooner or later, we'll be doing uh, mixtapes of music that yeah. we like currently. Yeah, I've been listening to a band... Uh, Prince Daddy and the Jekyll. It's re That's they're really good. That's a great name. You should check that that the new. I think it's like a new album. Maybe it was last year, but it oh, it's so good, dude. I'm like addicted to it. I've been listening to the Beatles. Okay, well, what's Are they more good? that? Uh, <laughs> I've been listening and, to De La Soul a lot lately because oh, fuck, the man. whole um, like discography finally became available on like Spotify and shit. Oh, that's good. So I've been listening to them. I've been uh, getting into Zach Fox a lot lately. Mm -hmm. It's fucking cool. amazing. Fuck yeah. And De La Soul brings me back, man. I love De La Soul so much, man. Uh, yeah. I, I'll shout out Magnolia Park as well. They're, uh, they're a band that does like 2000s alt emo -y music. Yeah, it's uh, coming back. I don't know if you know that. And they're like, 
like black lead singer and guitarist, like uh, Asian bassist. They're like a real diverse group who are like breaking into this genre that's historically like whiny honkies. Yeah, um, I think I, I think in that music league that I hate to be in, um, <laughs> I think one of the one of the people put them up. I, I I'm looking at my Spotify right now. Hold on. Uh, did I like their stuff? Is that who it was? Fuck. Like, they they have a new song out uh, called Twisted, I think. Let me see. Uh, it's called... It's called Misfits, actually. I think the band I'm thinking of is Meet Me at the Altar, which has a, oh. a black female lead singer. Yeah. And they're really fun, and they're good. I think... Um... I think Warren put me onto them. I don't yeah, remember. yeah. But Warren likes mannequin pussy a lot too. They're from Philly. Well, that's a classic name. When I was in high school, like I went to shows with like people who were in art class with me. These girls who had a band called the Bloody Panties. Yeah, yeah. And what was what was Zane's band's name? It was something like something gross. Like they were <laughs> they weren't allowed to call themselves the Bloody Panties at like more like sophisticated shows. They just called themselves the Panties. They called themselves Period. <laughs> with like it was Period with a period at the end. That's good. That like, might be better than like, Bloody that's Panties. That's a better name, actually. Yeah, I think that's a better name. And it was like they had to have like they had like three different logos. They had the Bloody Panties logo. And mm-hmm. then they had period that was like in fucking uh, Helvetica with a dot at the <laughs> that end. That was for everybody. That was like the that safer was the word. Sa- the yeah. sane one. And then they had period that was in like blood font. The blood drip font, yeah. And yeah. I thought that was cool as fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. I like that. They broke up and the, le- and the uh, guitarist became a fucking born-again Christian. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> as one does... When you have a band named Period, I guess uh, one of the lead singer became like a uh, like a like a liberal political activist, like a leftist political yeah. activist, which I thought was pretty on brand and much cooler. Yeah, almost like like a, what was that Russian band that got persecuted in Russia? Raw Raw there... Rasputin? No tattoo. Uh, oh, tat. <laughs> Was it tattoo? Yeah, T A T U tattoo. They were. I thought it was kit, kid, kitten something. Pussy, pussy, pussy cat dolls. No, pussy riot. Pussy riot. Pussy got there. riot. Okay. Them, not tattoo. Tattoo did get persecuted though. Did they? Because they were presenting themselves as a gay couple. That's right. And they that's were illegal. Gay, yeah, and that's not okay. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Thanks, Putin. Fucking dude. <laughs> we're like. Scruton. Got him. He listens, I know. <laughs> He's a big Star Trek fan. Must listen to M-Class podcast. The uh, <laughs> next thing I want to tell you all is that you can be a part of our other program, M-Class Email, if you just shoot us an email over at mclassemail at gmail.com. And uh, Josh, what can people do if they want to support us? Oh man, you could go to iTunes and rate and review us. I think we're gonna be on Amazon Music too, and I think maybe you can rate there. Hopefully, if you if you can, and we do get on there, uh, do that. It helps the show out a lot, and you can say whatever you want. I'm not allowed to tell you to tell us to be that we're great, although we are. We already know that we are. So say whatever you want. It looks like we have. Uh, no, it's the same. 
from Dog Lips. 10 out of 10 catfish. There you go. Dog Lips, thank you. Dog Lips uh, did his part. You should do your part and do that. <laughs> Get on it. And, of course, yeah. you can find the link to uh, our iTunes and Spotify and a list of every episode that we've done in uh, order of show with links and a link to our merch store, which, God, I need to put something new in and someday. We'll see. We, we do have a fanny pack, which is amazing. Yeah, there is a yellow-ass banana-looking fanny pack with our logo on it in there. You can so. put your banana in it. Uh, that's at mclasspodcast.com. Please use that website. We pay money for it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think that's it for the show this week. Uh, that's it. Well, I, I issued a retraction on Bros Before uh, bro, Bros Before Pros, and I brought up Sonder this time. But they do they are releasing an album, so please go check that out. Sonder rules. Yep. Super good. Like, and not even kidding. No. So good. Like, the thing is, every time Greg sends me a new track from any of his projects, I'm fucking blown away with how amazing it is. Yeah, it's amazing. Like It's always good. He's, he's like a once-in-a-lifetime talent, that guy. It drives me nuts how much better at everything he is than me. Why does that happen? <laughs> it drives me nuts in the way that my dick gets blood in it, and... I need to do something about it. My dick gets my nuts in him, and I'm like, how did that happen? My my balls fill with piss when I think about him. <laughs> well, on that note, we'll see you next time on M Class Podcast. <laughs> bye bye. I gotta pee.
I'm mentally ill. Trick with your ball.